Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Even in the midst of all of this, uh, it's still true, the words that I have just spoken. Thank you for joining us daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border, and around the globe via Red State, the largest talk platform in the nation and the most listened to. And certainly we want to encourage Times Square to get back on the good foot and get out and about. About uh, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, that iconic building there. You will see the Red State Talk billboard in every hour, 24 hours a day. The C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on that billboard. One block away from where they dropped the big ball. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. And folks, only in America can my story be told. At least I haven't seen it told anywhere else but here. I want to welcome somebody back to the show who I believe uh, has the right stuff to do exactly what's necessary to help us transform the definitions and the thinking of a demographic that has been trapped uh, under the heavy hand of tyranny from those who have used and abused a vote for so long. She is Corinne Rankin, Rankin, grew up in a bail bonds family, understands business, and she is a political activist who will be heard uh, throughout our nation in the days, months, and years to come. Help me welcome back to the show, Corinne Rankin. Thank you so much for being there with me. How are you? I'm doing well, CL. Thank you so much for having me on your show again. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you're here. Corinne, you know, I I want to uh, ask you this question. I want to kick before we talk about all the other stuff. I want uh, the folks. I want the folks to know you growing up in a family that is a business that uh, your business was bail bonds. Talk to us about understanding business and understanding uh, what it takes to make it work. Talk to us about that. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> uh, being an entrepreneur is probably, you know, I, I always describe it as the hardest thing you'll ever do and the most rewarding thing you'll ever do at the same time. Um, it's a constant, I don't know. I want to say it's just a constant, um, you know, for lack of a better word, it's a constant battle. It's a, it's getting up every morning. It's in loving what you do. Loving, you know, helping your community or serving your community in, in one shape or another. And it's also, um, it's hard because you've got your competitors, you've got advertising, you've got, you know, government regulations. You know, it's, you know, that's the battle part. That's the struggle part. Uh, but everything else, if I've, you know, if you're doing something that you love, 
then it's not really work. And if you can employ other people and provide jobs while again doing something you love and you know providing for your family, giving your family a good life, I you know I highly recommend it. It's so rewarding. It's you know my my father started his business. You know, let me ask well, you this. Let years me ask before you I was this. born, so it's all I know. When we look at the opportunities that can exist and and do exist in this country, are they more plentiful for some than others? Is the opportunity to achieve and succeed in the same way that your family did uh, in the years past? Are those opportunities still available for black people? I run into so many of us, Corinne, that uh, don't see that. They, they, they feel a certain hopelessness. Talk to that, if you would. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess I'd be on the fence about it, about that, because I know that there were so many obstacles for my father. You know, he was one of the first, you know, um, one of the, the the first and the few black people in the bail bond business at that time in the 60s. So he, you know, there was a lot that he had to overcome and it wasn't exactly easy for him. Uh, we lived in a suburb, you know, that was, you know, outside of the Red Line District and we were able to get into there. So, you know, we're, we were the only black family for miles. So... <laughs> So I'm on the fence because, you know, where my family was able to do it, we were obviously the only one. Right. right. So I would have liked that, you know, my neighborhood, my community that I grew up, I would have loved to see it be more diverse. Absolutely. And the reason, folks, that I, I, I wanted to get her responses to that is that. She understands the struggle that it takes. My father in business back in the the 50s and 60s understood the struggle that it takes to own one. And then, Corinne, to see black businesses burned down at at the hands of white liberals in some cases and other black people in some cases, it's a heartbreaking thing. Uh, The George Floyd thing that has happened and Corinne, we can talk about anything you want to, but I, I want us to speak about this George Floyd thing. Are we doing ourselves any favors in reacting in the way that we are, or is it something that's productive? Let's let's unpack that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, I'd say yes and no, um, and we'll start with the no for tearing down businesses. You know no matter who started them, whatever color your skin is, that's that's so counterproductive. That is so harmful. You have no idea. Like a lot of people put their life savings, like all the money they have in the bank and they invest it into starting a business. So when you tear that down, you know, small business owners aren't wealthy. No. You know, they're they're not. So it's not like they can just go, oh, that's fine. We'll just start another cupcake shop or, you know, they can't do that. That you've destroyed their life. You've destroyed their family. You've destroyed their children's education, potentially, in most cases. If you depend on that business to pay for your child's education, you know, then you have, what are you going to, you have to pull your child out of school. Yeah. 
So it's it, it, it's a ripple. It's such a negative ripple effect that there's so many layers behind you. You've, you've messed up the, the employment for the people who work at that shop, for their children's education. I mean, it's so damaging on so many levels that it's... It's, yeah. it's, it's disgusting. It truly is. But now you did have the other side of that coin that you wanted to talk about. So I do, I think that us having a conversation, you know, uh, where we're talking about police brutality in black neighborhoods, I think that that's a good thing for our society. I support peaceful protesters, you know, um, if, if that's, the reason why they're pro- they're peacefully protesting because they want to start this national conversation. I believe that's good for us to have a national conversation about that. Uh, when I, you know, I spent 15 years myself in the bell bomb business, and I, you know, bailed out people. Unfortunately, more often than I'd like, that would, you know, my my office is right across the street from the jail. So when they get released from the jail, it's walk across the street and come right to my front door and come into my office and have a seat. And a lot of times, um, the young black men were bloody. Wow. They were bruised. They were bloody. They would have scrapes on their arm or on their face, like their face had been put to the cement and scraped. And, you know, when you have darker skin, those scrapes are you know, really noticeable. Very visible. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they have their blood on their shirt. And I, and at first I was like, I was shocked by it, by seeing that. And sometimes, you know, these are even guys that were in my high school that I would know sometimes from high school. So it was even harder for me to look at those faces because I knew those people. You know, Corinne, you bring up something that is uh, incredibly interesting, and that is the way we see the treatment of uh, a black arrestee in the inner city in particular, uh, as opposed to one um, who is white. And uh, there might be a difference in the suburb. Fortunately, in my lifetime, I haven't had uh, much contact unless I initiated it with the uh, with the police, uh, you know, and what I mean by that, my own actions uh, over when I was a young when I was a kid did that. But this is what I want. This is what I want. This is the point that I'm I'm trying to get at here is this conversation that we have uh, that you are saying that, that it'd be good for us, and I do believe it. I, I believe absolutely this conversation is it's it's. But who then? has or who initiates who moderates this conversation it can't be al sharpton corinne it it, it just can't be i I just can't see that but they are putting him they're staging him to do this who we we're black voices for trump you and i how do we stage this thing talk to us um i don't know i think that maybe we can as an as a coalition as an organization i mean We've got a lot. I I always consider myself like a moderate. I'm a moderate Republican, um, and I have been for years. And, you know, I can see, I think I'm because of my background in the bail bond business, like, you know, I don't have any felonies. I'm not afraid of the police. My ex-husband was a police officer, black police officer. You know, he retired and a hero in his community. You know, he was in the newspaper. You know, everyone's praising him for, you know, being heroes, saving a neighborhood from a crazy guy who was on meth, breaking everyone's window. Uh, he injured his shoulder and retired from that. Yeah. Uh, so, 
you know, he could, I all, you know, we all used to have the conversation that he could have taken out the gun and shot the guy who was messed out, terrorizing the neighborhood. But he didn't. He just went in to restrain him physically and ended up ruining his shoulder for life. That's, that's how it goes. But um, he could have, your, your husband could have been killed, too. He could have been, there's, yes, exactly. And that's the flip side. We've had those conversations before where I was like, did you think about shooting him? And he always said no. Wow. And he didn't, and it, it took, it was, I mean, it's in the news, this is a newspaper. It took neighbors coming out of their homes to pry the man off of him. Turned out the man was like some, went to Taiwan and studied martial arts. So he was like a black belt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. And he thought it was just, you know, a scrawny kid, but he was a black belt. Oh so, my goodness. And he was meth um, and he was methed up at the same time. Yeah. Oh well, folks, uh, Corinne, I I used to box when I was a young when I was a kid and um this one guy, I guess he was dusted up. He was on angel dust. And Corinne, I would I would hit this guy squarely in the face and he would grin at me. That was a very scary thing. Your husband got this yeah. this guy on top of your husband methed up. That's scary. I'm telling you that's scary when you can't hurt yeah. him, when you cannot hurt him. No, the neighbors came running out of their house to help him. But uh, so I think I can see both sides of this issue where I look at someone like my ex-husband who I know is a good guy, who I know would, you know, put his own self in harm's way before he'd think about taking his gun out on someone. Um, but I also know... You know, from being on the bell bond side that there's I can't deny that there are bad cops out there because I have seen too many people come into my office bloody, bruised and scraped. And after, you know, I would say, you know, who did this? How did that happen? And the police did this. The police, you know, beat me up. They stole my money, you know, and this is what they did. Now, I don't know if they stole money, but I heard a lot of people say it. Yeah. And, but, however, the officer's name were always the same name. Mm. So that's one of the things I also learned that I also, I can't deny because I didn't hear a variety of names. I it see. It was always, it got to the point where I would say, who did that to you? So-and-so? They go, how did you know? Wow. Okay, so folks, there's the light that need to be shed on this. And the conversation that Corinne Rankin has opened for us is the fact that the police should have policed themselves in seeing this over and over. I'm not going to mention the name of the, the officer that uh, killed George Floyd, but his name, as Corinne is saying, his name had popped and so, up over and over and that, over. CL, is that I know that it takes this. So I've read that the, that former officer who shall not be named had 17 complaints against him. Wow. That's what I read. So somebody may call and say that's not accurate. It was 16 or whatever, but that was what I read. And so, you know, even over a 20 year career, 17 complaints, that's almost one complaint a year. Yeah. That's too many. And then another factor is that it takes a lot and most people may not know this, but complaint, making an officer complaint it takes a lot of work. You have to go down to the police department, say, I would like to complain about an officer. Then another, you have to wait. Another officer will come out, pull you in a side room, and then take your complaint. So the whole process, you know, including you taking time off work, driving down to the police department, 
you know, make taking the time to make the complaint and driving back to your work or home or whatever, it takes about at least two hours just for that process. So you have to imagine how serious somebody is if they're taking two hours out of their day to drive down and make a complaint. That must be a serious complaint because making a complaint about an officer is not like writing a bad Yelp review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, folks, take that to heart. When you have, listen, if you got three, if you got four on the same officer, it don't have to be as many as 17. But, 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 but let me tell you something. You should pay attention. Did you hear her tell you that uh, the, the people would come in scraped up when she bails them out? Uh, the, 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 the names of the officers who were involved in their arrest trended. They began to trend as the same names. So the policing has to be done. But now, listen, let's talk about this. The other side of this, Corinne, you and I have uh, we're we're colleagues. All of you know that uh, Corinne and I are both uh, colleagues, um, black voices for Trump. Uh, We're full disclosures. We're black Americans who have conservative uh, viewpoints in this in this country. Uh, When we look at Chicago and the lives that are lost there, Corinne, on a weekly basis why then is there not the outrage some are asking about those black lives and why then is there such an outrage over this black lives let's speak to this let's talk about it what do you say i i think there are two separate issues there's one there's a criminal element that terrorizes neighborhoods and you know I'm and, and kill their own people and you know, you know drive by gang activity or in a you know a random shot you know gets fired and, and you know, hits a little girl innocently. Um, th- that is an issue, and I think that should be an ongoing conversation and should be something that everybody participates in solving. Um, and I don't believe that, you know, letting people out of jail with no money. Oh, you, you know, got arrested for an illegal weapon. Oh, we'll just let you back out, promise to appear to court. I don't think that's, that's not right. And we all, as a culture, have to be on top of this matter. Let's, as a society, in fact, have to be on top of this matter. This, that, that situation of black-on-black crime consistently. It can't just come up every now and then. It has to always be part of the conversation. Corinne Rankin Um, is my special guest. Corinne, stay with me uh, through the short break. I want to talk to you on the other side of it for just a couple of minutes. And uh, there are some things that I I still want you to cover on this very topic. Uh, Corinne Rankin is uh, extraordinarily activist in uh, so many different areas of her state she has experienced as far as business is concerned has been in the bail bonds business all of her life and she knows it in and out has led the association there in california and she's going to return with me after these uh, brief messages more with corinne rankin right here on the cl bryant show coast to coast border to border daily 12 until 2 Eastern. Be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the CL Bryant Show. Thank you all of you for making it so popular as it has become uh, throughout our nation and around the globe. I'm back home uh, for a couple of months anyway in Louisiana uh, until uh, we're going to have the memorial services for uh, my wife. Um, on the 27th, on the 27th, um, Jane will uh, memorialize her. And uh, come on out. Word of God Ministries, be there. Um, we're expecting a huge crowd. So come on out and uh, be there with us. Um, it has been a, a journey to get back uh, to it. Um, I actually preached my first sermon um, the other Sunday at um, the Christian Center in Shreveport. Uh, my executive producer, Michelle, is a member there, and um, it was uh, a, a huge uh, experience for me, and I certainly thank all of you for uh, welcoming back into life, actually, after so many years with her, and then uh, moving ahead. It has been very difficult. The work that I do and the work that I will continue to do is uh, aided and abetted by people that you hear on this show. And one of them, especially today, John Solomon was on with us uh, the first hour and um, a a journalist, investigative journalist extraordinaire. And John shared some great nuggets um, for us and with us. Uh, Get his newest book, Fallout. Uh, Fallout is his latest book. John will be back with us uh, in a couple of weeks. Today we have an extraordinary businesswoman, someone who I do admire, one of my colleagues, Black Voices for Trump, Corinne Rankin is on with me. And Corinne, before we go back into our conversation, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, what you're into, and uh, if they want to bring you out to speak to them, how do they do it? Okay. So I have a, I'm a founder of an organization called Legacy Republican Alliance that is committed to uh, you know, getting more black people to, into the Republican Party, like actually involved in the party, into party politics. And, you know, because I, I'm a believer that you can't make change by shouting from the end outside. You have to be on the inside making those changes. So that's what we're committed to doing that. And also uh, getting more black people to run for office, you know, local office. Um, in black, you know, urban black neighborhoods, running for school boards, uh, city councils, and, and and things like that, things that were you know on the ground, beneficial, you know, neighborhood engagement. Yeah, and uh, people can get a hold of me I'm, through my website, Legacy Republican Alliance. They can find me on Twitter. I'm at Corinne Rankin. Uh, Instagram, Corinne Rankin. So I'm I'm super easy to get a hold of. I'm often asked this question, Corinne. 
what is it that we as Republicans, and I guess you and I would be quali- uniquely qualified to speak to this, uh, particularly uh, to get uh, to, to attract uh, Latinos? I think that the Republican Party has a large umbrella, but the story just hasn't been told. What are you, what are you doing? What can we do? Uh, to? I see that you've made a move to do it. Is that what you're dedicated to doing uh, with your organization? Yeah, that's what my organization is dedicated to do. And then we have a PAC um, also, and we endorse candidates who are committed to, you know, grassroots engagement in urban communities, talking with more black people in black neighborhoods. So all of our candidates that we endorse are candidates who are also committed to, you know, that agenda of engaging with the black community. Because, you know, most Democrat, I mean, most black communities are 100% Democrat run. And for years, the Republican Party just, you know, hasn't outreached in black neighborhoods. So it's really, you know, kind of falls upon us to yell that, you know, these are our communities that we identify with. So we have to, you know, make the effort. So I just, you know, not myself and uh, my colleagues here in California, we decided to come together and make sure that we're committed, you know, to the same ideas, to the same goals. And that is fantastic. And uh, whatever we can do to help you and support you, uh, we'd be very happy to do that. Corinne, I want to thank you so much for being on with us. Before we go, though, we got to give special shout out and, and sound bites uh, to our boys and girls over at Black Voices for Trump. Yes. Let's, t- let's talk about the hookup that you and I have with that. Both of us are uh, founding board members of Black Voices for Trump. Tell the folks about the function of uh, this great organization. Talk to us, Corinne Rankin. So Black Voices for Trump is committed to, first and foremost, you know, reelecting our president, Donald Trump, and also to, you know, again, engage with the black community to, you know, be a grassroots, on the ground engagement, having conversations you know, tough conversations. We know that, you know, when we're the first Republicans in, you know, to black communities, we get a lot of pushback at first, but, you know, we're, we're all committed to having those tough conversations and really making an effort to say, hey, you know what, there's another side to politics. And the side that you've been voting for for the past 30 years has not been working. So, you know, give us a try, you know, learn about, you know, what Republican, what the Republican party, who the, who we are and what our platform is and how it can be helpful to you and your family and your community. I echo exactly what Corinne Rankin has said to you, black folks, black voices for Trump, reach out to you, telling you to come home to the party of your political origins <laughs> in this country. Black voices for Trump, uh, CL Bryant and Corinne Rankin encourage you to do it yes. and uh, listen and re- it really is a great organization i mean i we you know cl you and i we met on you know the, the, the at the launch and i i would say and I, i'm sure you agree that this organization has you know exceeded my expectations i'm i'm just uh, i'm amazed at the, the things they're doing and Absolutely. for us to have in a republican campaign you know for an election of a republican uh, incumbent or otherwise to have a coalition of black people is for the Republican Party 
historic. And you know what, and Corinne, I, you bring up something also. I mean, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we we, we uh, are giving that we gave that little minute plug to him because it opens the door us uh, for talk about so many other things. Corinne, uh, you 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 said it. You hit the nail on the head. It's time to try something different. I, I mean, listen, you can't be can't be like little kids who've never tried it, try the thing, but yet you don't like it. You know, you can't be like that. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> my, my grandkids. And so, uh, and so, uh, but, but so we're encouraging you uh, to do that. Corinne, you got the last word. Got We got 30 seconds. You got the last one. Oh, I'll see y'all again. I just want to, you know, thank you for letting me on your show. And I would just encourage everyone to you know, go into these next days with all the stuff that's happening in our country. Just, you know, do as my mom taught me. You know, she taught me I had two ears and one mouth. God gave me two ears and one mouth because I'm supposed to listen twice as much as I speak. And so I would just, that's my best advice for us going into these next few days with all the craziness that's going on to our country. Make sure that we're listening to each other. We had the same mama. Ain't that something? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, God bless and keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Corinne, because you are fighting the good fight. Thank you so much for being on with me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And that was Corinne Rankin. And one of my colleagues, Plaid Voices for Trump. And uh, I have to tell you something, folks. It is always a joy to speak to someone who understands uh, what is necessary to keep us, first of all, on track of being a great republic, but for everybody. Are you hearing it? I'm talking about the balance that goes along with uh, being uh, someone who gives thought to the actions. We are in a situation now where you have people who take action, but they don't give thought to the action. And I, I do what I can, and Michelle is very good at uh, finding guests who uh, do and can, in fact, speak to both sides of an issue. Now, hey, listen, you don't have to agree with me on anything, okay? Man, that's not the purpose of this show. We do want both sides, and sometimes we clash. Sometimes we have people on that we're going to clash with. That's what it's about. That builds the bridge as well. Well, you don't want that plank there. Okay, we take that plank up. We'll flip it over, and maybe it'll work better that way, okay? But you have to talk about that first, okay? You have to talk about that first. And then... You take action. Corinne, I think, uh, brought up something that I think, yeah, my mom said the same thing. My grandmother said that. She sure did. My mom and my grandmother, they both said that. You know, you got two eyes, two ears, one mouth. What does that tell you? (laughs) Uh, You look and listen twice as much as you run your little mouth. I heard the same thing. And you know what, Uh, you know, if you're raised right, you've heard that in one form or another, in in various ways, in various forms. Folks, um, it is incumbent upon all of us to be cognizant that people are on the edge. Look and listen You do realize that Americans were killing themselves in 
ways that we had not been doing until this pandemic thing hit. We had to uh, quarantine ourselves. You, you, you do realize that we had hit a, an emotional uh, point in, in, in our American lives where, hey, it seemed as though it'd be better just to check out. They didn't want to live this life. Download free the C. The, download free the C. L. Bryant Show. T H E the C. L. Bryant Show app. If you don't get both hours of the show, and all of the shows are cataloged there, and certainly, certainly do thank all of you for coming along with us every day as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. And it is a great nation. It's a great nation because people like you. Whatever stripe you are, red, yellow, black, white, whoever you are. But I, I, I take the advice and the, uh, I, I take the philosophy of the late, great godfather of soul. You know who he was. James Brown. He said, hey, I don't need nobody to give me nothing. Get out of my way. Move out of my way. I'll get himself. Are you hearing me, Americans? We cannot get into the code of state of mind where we're looking for the big hand of government to be our savior. You have God-given natural abilities. Use them. We can rebuild and we will rebuild But the sad thing about it is the fact that there are people, and Corinne Rankin touched upon this, how you save every little penny if you are going to open a business, you know, and you watch and you budget and you pray. Above all, you pray, friends, you pray. And you know, even though it appears that the business is prosperous and all of that type of thing, and people see you in business, they see your name on the sign, and they see you in, in and about, out and about, and so forth. And patronage, they see the patronage that you get in your businesses. What do they think? They think that you own a business and you're wealthy. Now, if you're wealthy, people everywhere will know it. It won't be a, it won't even be a good, a well-kept secret. It'll be, everybody will know it. If you're wealthy, everybody will know it. Because if your Judeo-Christian ethic kicks in, the works that you do will speak for you. Yeah, the works that you do will speak for you if you're wealthy. Bill Gates is incredibly wealthy. There are wealthy people in your community. It's not nearly as wealthy as Bill Gates, but they're wealthy for your community. And um, <laughs> um, let me tell you something. They do matter when it comes to employment. Most Americans are hired by those small businesses. And if they go away, never to return, then you had 
better believe. And, and even though, yes, we're seeing uh, job recoveries and all that type of thing, uh, good news on the job front and all that type of thing, but there are hundreds of thousands of small businesses that will return as something else, but they will never return as what they were. No, they will never return as what they were. So what does that mean? Who are we seeing in these unemployment lines? Who are we seeing in these uh, food stamp lines or the the relief lines? Who is that? Is that the small businessman who never anticipated, uh, who would have never anticipated four months ago, five months ago? Certainly not. That that would become a reality for them. Huh? That 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 just who can who can who can call it? I sure certainly can. I certainly could not see this. And now, not only did they have to close down, but now you have these knuckleheads coming through here. These thugs. Let's talk. Call it like you know. Like, like I see. I'm calling it like I sees it. And I don't care what color they are. It'd be hooligans. It'd be thugs. And any 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 way you 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 cut that cake. Okay, be hooligans, they be thugs. Any way you cut the cake. They burned down the building that your business was in. Yeah, now they have burned down the business that you're in. The building. Maybe you had bought that building. You are a black business owner and that my friends is how the blue bird of paradise excretes on you (laughs) that's a pretty good word excrete that bluebird of paradise excrement on you. You were doing it. You were doing it. Business was booming. You were in business. And then something that evidently could have been stopped if the mask work without closing your business down and in the full spectrum of everything listen to me we'd like to think that if this hadn't happened this wouldn't have happened and George Floyd would not have died but if we had not been, and of course, all of this is hindsight, but I'm just telling you the progression. I'm just sharing with you the progression of the type of thinking that has led to chaos that if applied to any other situation. I was worth saving. After I come back. So you came and changed my life. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. C.L. back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Um, yes, the attitudes that we have, the attitudes that we face in this country, if the mask work, then why did we shut businesses down? If the mask don't work, then why were we wearing them? And why are people wearing them closed up in their cars? The question that I was asking was if, in fact, the Chinese had not lied to us about this spread and the seriousness of the coronavirus, would George Floyd be dead? (laughs) Huh? Come on, let's talk here. Let's have a conversation if we can. Because all of this happened in the midst of, of foolishness. Now, you may say, well, see, all black people have been being killed by police officers. Um, yeah. Black people have been being killed by black people. Cain killed Abel. Oh, yeah. And uh, the story of humanity is a story of human pain and human suffering. And the hypocrisy that I'm seeing so much now in regards to um, Black Lives Matter and all this type of thing, the hypocrisy that I'm seeing now is stifling. Now, it could be that one is criminal activity that goes on, but still it was criminal activity that this cop killed that killed George Floyd. It was criminal activity. And, um, you know, uh, even though Candace has suffered the slings and arrows of uh, ill-timed speak, you know, she actually was correct in her uh, opinion that uh, the toxicology report did show that, you know, George Floyd was intoxicated. That has nothing to do with the way he died. But it does add a ripple to the question if the Chinese hadn't lied about this from the first place two or three months ago, 
Would the events, and nobody can answer this question, it's a, it's a, it's a rhetorical question, it's rhetoric, but would the events have actually led to something different? Hmm? Every outcome has uh, some type of origin, some type of place where it began to take on the final appearance of the outcome. It began someplace. Yeah, it began someplace. And so, friends, we can lay blame here. We can lay blame there. We can lay blame anywhere you want to lay blame. Okay? We can do that. But the fact of the matter is we as human beings are bad actors, period. And the only salvation that any of us will ever have is to know Jesus Christ in my estimation, in my life. I can tell you my story. He's the only person that changed my life. My wife led me to Christ. My wife actually um, was that person because I'm, oh, I don't have time to tell you a story. But it was certainly the change agent that happened with me. Now, now listen, folks, listen, we as human beings are bad actors. We have committed atrocity upon atrocities uh, upon each other and would still, if not for some of us and many of us, most of us who believe in rules of law, you don't have to have been told that it's wrong to kill to know that it's wrong to kill. Uh, even, even back to the first murder that the Bible records, the scripture records of humanity, Cain killing Abel. Uh, he didn't come out and tell God, well, I hit him over the head with a rock or hit him in the head with a stick or, or you know, uh, I sharpened a stick and poked him with it. We don't know how Cain died. We just know that his blood was crying out from the ground. Whatever it was, it was messy. Okay. The question God asks is, brother Cain, who killed Abel, uh, where's your brother? What, what, what it, Cain didn't answer that question. No, he got sort of belligerent. He said, hey, it's not my day to keep him. Am I my brother's keeper? And we start quoting those types of uh, things and uh, making them iconic slogans and sayings and so forth. Um, Many times we're speaking out of context and out of school. Uh, The idea that I'm my brother's keeper came. Those words were uttered by the first murderer in scripture. His name was Cain. And he was avoiding a direct question that God asked him, where's your brother? Am I, am, am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where he is. Am I supposed to be keeping up with him today? That's what he was meaning by that. He was being sarcastic. 
to the creator of the universe, the one who had breathed life to his mom and dad, as all of us can experience. We make choices, good and bad, and all of us, if not guided by the right people, circumstances, and doctrine as far as Bible-centered, Word of God type of doctrine is concerned, all of us can be bad, bad actors. Every one of us can be bad, bad actors. And friends, that's no joke. And that's what happens when we see things like the George Floyd murder, the takedown. George Floyd was not acting in the best way that day that he possibly could have been acting. And he ran into another bad actor. And what did that spawn? It spawned other bad actors. Red, yellow, black, and white. It spawned that among human beings because we want, have a tendency, we are bent toward acting bad. We are bad actors. And yeah, we sometimes have reason, have cause to act bad, but I never, I will never see any reason, any cause to burn down another man's business when he had nothing to do with the rage that you are experiencing other than the fact that you want to burn down this man's business. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? It's not because of George Floyd. No, you burn down another man's business because of something else. Please don't, please don't tell me. Don't, don't try to sell me the snake oil. Okay. That you are going to burn down this man's business to show outrage over a black man being killed. Don't, don't, please don't tell me that. So then I, I have to ask you. If any other scenario had come about where George Floyd had been killed by a black man, and keep in mind there were multi-ethnic cops standing around while this white cop actually killed George Floyd. There were other cops standing around who were not non-white. Yeah. This is an evil that has that beset us. But what if George Floyd had been just killed by a, a black guy who attacked him? Uh, by a black man who attacked him and put him on the ground. Or just shot him. Would we even know his name? No. Most likely not. There have been many a George Floyd who have been taken out 
under the same type of circumstances, except the executioner was different. It happens weekly in Chicago. Call it whatever you want. It's still a life lost. And it's still people being set upon by thugs. The white cop that killed George Floyd was a thug. But you have thugs in Chicago who kill black men every week. My point is, I just don't understand how we could possibly think we're going to have this both ways, black people, white people, Americans. We cannot have this both ways. Listen, it's, it's time for people to step forward to call out folks who are wanting to be hypocritical. Either all life matter and we're not going to allow people to get us into a this paint us into this corner where we can't say that either all lives matter or we are hypocrites. Either all lives matter or we are hypocrites. Are you hearing me? Every one of us, red, yellow, black and white, a black life doesn't matter anymore than a white one or a Mexican one or a Latino one. Or, or, or if unless all lives matter, then every one of you who are sucking air that you did not earn are hypocrites. Don't you forget that. I'm CL. And this has been the CL Bryant show today. Um, tune in daily. 1205 in the East until 2 PM every day. Certainly. Thank you for coming along with us to build a bridge to conversation. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our mind. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I really do trust. I really do hope that God would come and heal our land, heal your homes, heal your hearts. Lord, come heal our land. And I hope he blesses each and every one of you until again, I talk to you again. I'm CL. Mm-hmm.